Welcome to Mind Your P's, the Purposeful Leader's Guide. We believe in all the P's, people, purpose, planet, even pizza and Prosecco. And in this week's episode, we're talking to Craig Nicholl, who's been the managing partner of Thornton's Legal for over 10 years. With a 500 strong workforce, Thornton's has established itself as one of the leading full service firms in Scotland. Craig, absolute pleasure to have you join us. It is a pleasure to be here, Caroline. Great to be here with you today and to see it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, I know. And uh, looks like we're heading towards coming out of this lockdown, which is great. Yeah, really exciting news. Um, I'm not sure when this episode's going to go out, Craig, but um, I'm sure by the time it does, we could be very near to exercising our right to drink alcohol in a <laughs> <laughs> inside a public house somewhere. Craig, tell us a bit about your role, your career, and and how you ended up being the managing partner at Thornton's. Uh, my career kind of started in uh, Glasgow in the early nineties. I trained as a commercial lawyer. Um, late nineties uh, became partner of an international law firm, and I was doing that for about three years. And I decided to move with my family to St Andrews in two thousand and three, and joined Thornton's then. Um, it was a big step for us at the time and not something that I have regretted for one single moment um, and uh, worked with a, built a team within Thornton's and worked with some great people. I realised when I joined Thornton's straight away that it was a really special business. Um, just the touch and feel of the place uh, I really enjoyed and uh, I then became managing partner um, in 2011. At first jointly with uh, one of my partners, Scott Milne, but I've been sole managing partner uh, since 2017. And Thornton strives itself as a progressive and ambitious firm. What, what, what does that mean? Uh, taking the ambitious uh, description, um, we We've been a regional law firm within the Scottish context for a long, long time. The firm is actually over 160 years old. It was founded by Sir Thomas Thornton in 1857. And so it's been through a couple of world wars, uh, lots of recessions, a Great Depression, um, and uh, has an inbuilt resilience because of that. Uh, but when you, you layer on top of that some ambition, great things can happen, can't they? And back in 2011, 12, when, when I became managing partner, I knew that we had some real, real potential to grow, um, not just in size, but grow beyond Dundee and Tayside. And so um, we set out five years ago on a very ambitious uh, plan to... Um, to more than double the size of the business. And that has been delivered in the last five years. Uh, that level of ambition was, it made some people quite uncomfortable. Uh, and I liked that. Uh, I was certainly a bit uncomfortable about that level of ambition, but, um, I, and I know that uh, at the moment when we're looking at our next five year plan, it's even more ambitious than the last one. So um, we certainly tick that box of ambitious. In terms of progressive, uh, we have over the years 
been at the forefront of using legal technology, for instance. We have developed some applications with software houses over the past few years. Uh, we were very early adopters. In fact, uh, Thornton's had the first fax machine. If any of your listeners know what that is, then they will be of a certain age, but had the first fax machine in Dundee. Um, and uh, and that showed even back then how progressive the firm was. And we've been working really hard in terms of our progressiveness and gender balance over the last few years. We've brought on loads and loads of, of new female senior leadership roles within the firm. And um, and my successor as managing partner is going to be the first ever female managing partner of the firm has ever had. And that's uh, that's just a fantastic achievement, both for her and for the firm. Wow, that's that's amazing, Craig. We'll, we'll get on to what's what's next for you. But but just talk to us about um, am I right in saying it's a 10 year tenure you've you've held and and um, in what way has Thornton's changed during that time? What, what culture have you created? I think uh, looking back um, on top of the, the the ambitious and progressive culture, I think it's been one of confidence. Uh, and of course, confidence comes with success and delivering on, on results and actually giving people uh, confidence in, in their own ability in whatever role they are playing within any company um, that breeds confidence in others because the others see those people progressing and in Thornton's we've got many people who have been with and progressed through the business for many decades we've got one particular employee um, Ella our senior cashier who is this year um, 60, 60 years with the firm Wow. So um, that's been absolutely amazing. She keeps threatening to retire and we keep persuading her not to. So um, so that culture has always been there uh, within Thornton's. But I would say over the last few years, it's been a culture of ambition that I've wanted to create. Because as I said earlier, as soon as I arrived at Thornton's, I could see the massive potential that the firm had to deliver what it what it's got beyond just uh, Tayside and we've delivered on that ambition. Brilliant and, and Craig we, you know we joked at the start about coming out of lockdown and looking forward to getting you know a glass of wine in a public house but there's been some real serious stuff happening this year during the pandemic and you know I think you've got around 500 staff 50 partners what, what have you learned during this time and, and what did you do to um, to lead during this really difficult period? Um, it was like many businesses, and we all felt it back nearly, well, almost a year ago now is when the, the pandemic hit, isn't it? And um, like many other businesses, for a few days, we were caught in the headlights, just wondering how on earth are we going to get through this? But one uh, overriding factor for us was making sure that we were communicating openly with our people, everyone around the business, about all the good stuff 
and there wasn't much of it kicking around at that point. So more importantly, all the all the bad stuff and all the bad stuff meant actually business levels in certain parts of our, our firm have taken a proper tanking and we need to think about how together we're going to get the business through this. And that meant taking some, some decisions around um, furloughing people um, and that, that in itself wasn't an easy decision, but we made use of the furlough scheme and also making decisions around uh, what for us were salary sacrifice decision, uh, uh, um, decisions at that time. And I can come on to that a wee bit later. But um, for me, the overriding principle uh, that I expressed to people um, was that we were all in it together and we were all taking the same sort of pain within the, the business top to bottom, but that we would get we would all get through it together and get to the other side. And uh, some other overriding principles were that we wanted to save as many jobs as possible for as long as possible. And I repeated that message uh, regularly to everyone in the firm that we were making various decisions to save jobs. And as we sit here today, we've managed to get through the, the crisis without making any redundancies. Yeah, and it's... Um... You know, well, well done for that. I know it's been it's been really tough for, for many people. Um, so Craig, you know, this is all about mind your peas, it's about purpose and people. What what is the Thornton's purpose and, and how do you go about integrating that into your organization? So our, <clears throat> I should say our purpose has been so important in the last year. And we started talking about an organizational purpose around 2015, 2016. I, I had started to think that it was really important for Thorntons as a business to have a very simple purpose. And uh, speaking to people around the business, that was about uh, why they get up and, uh, and come to work in the morning. Uh, and lots of people say in answer to that question, well, I'm I need the money, and that's absolutely right. Everybody needs the money. But my question then to people was, yeah, but why do you come and work here? Why do you come to work in Thorntons? And what makes you get up in the morning? And we landed on, after lots of deliberation, a purpose which is very simple. And Thorntons' purpose is to help our clients, our colleagues, and our communities succeed. And that in itself has been a real bedrock for lots of the decisions that we have made uh, through lockdown. So if you keep coming back to that, if, if we were getting to a really tricky discussion about taking a decision in a certain direction, we would come back to this, is this going to help our clients, our colleagues and our communities succeed? Or is it going to help one of these categories succeed? And if the answer to that is yes, then we've got the, the very strong basis for a business decision. So, um, and embedding that within, within the business has just been about communication um, and actually reminding people through lockdown that that is our purpose. Because I think about it regularly. People don't sit doing their work every day saying, I wonder what Thornton's purpose is, or this is my purpose. So you have to remind people um, why you are making certain decisions and you've got that fundamental bed 
brought by many purposes as an organisation, then difficult decisions are made a wee bit easier. And and Craig, just just expanding on some of that, can you you know I I ask everyone that that that's come on as as a guest, what comes first, people, purpose, profit? What what's your response to that? Um, our people come first. There's no doubt in my mind about that, and that's you know we often I, I've had conversations recently with other organisations about um, you see on websites and you see in brochures our, our, you know our people are our biggest asset to, to my mind in Thornton's our people are our only asset uh, all of the stuff that, that surround the people in relation to technology premises tables chairs all of that stuff is just detail that allows people to do their jobs to the very best of their ability and so people come first. If people are happy and content and engaged, they will deliver a great service to our clients. And so that's why those two things are particularly embedded within our purpose as our people and our clients. So um, I, I would say in, in direct answer to that, Caroline, that certainly people come first, purpose second. Um, and, but it's really important that people understand what uh, what the, 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 the company's purpose is. And, and it seems to me on the basis that, you know, since you started really focusing in on your purpose and, you know, you, you talk about in your, in, in your website that when it comes to our people, we certainly do awesome. It's their expertise, problem solving skills and effective communication and collaboration that enables us to give the best service. It feels to me like the purpose and people stuff has enabled your profits to grow. Would that be a fair assumption? Uh, yes, I, I would. I say to anybody who, who will listen that a strong culture um, and the ability to uh, communicate with people and develop a, an engaged team of people throughout the whole organisation will will deliver to the bottom line of any company. And I, I think that is definitely true of Thorntons. One of our goals over the as part of our five-year strategy to 2020 was, um, was to increase our profit margin. And, and that so we communicated that to everyone in the organization. And that wasn't really about money. It was about building a sustainable and profitable business because businesses that are profitable can reinvest. And if businesses can reinvest, then they will be sustainable. And so there's just a closed loop there. And, and that became really important. And everyone understood that actually we do need to make a profit there uh, uh, to, to make the business sustainable. Um, and I've got no doubt that the profit has been enhanced by the development of a certain culture and ambition within Thorntons. And Craig, what, what would your advice be to, to business leaders where, who, like you who perhaps came in and there, there was no purpose at that time? What, what would your advice be? Where, does, where do they start with that? Where, where we started was, actually, it was in tandem with us building a, 
a brand campaign um, uh, which has got a very strong brand promise uh, around it. But um, you start with speaking to your people. Um, in my view, uh, preparing and uh, and for a debate about what a company's purpose is is not well served by hiring external advisors to come in and give you a menu of choices as to what your purpose might look like because other people or other businesses have got these purpose. It has to genuinely come from within your own organisation. So my first recommendation would be to engage with a, a large large group of people within the organisation, a cross-section of uh, staff from all different areas to engage in that conversation about what the company is all about. Not just not its services that it delivers, but actually what drives those services, what actually provides the heartbeat of that company on a day and daily basis. That's really, really important. And secondly, I would say, don't think that this can be developed overnight. It takes time. It takes conversations to be had. It takes deliberation. Just make sure that you set aside some proper time for it. Not just spend one week and then move on to something else, but set aside some time for it over a long period of time so that you can engage with lots of people around the company. Great, great insights. And and Craig, who, other than Thorntons, is there is there any other business that springs to mind or any other leader that springs to mind that you think, God, they've just nailed that. You know, they've, they've really... They've, they've, They've started it, they've developed it, and now look, at they're reaping the rewards. Is there anyone in that space for you? In terms of delivery of a very ambitious um, target, uh, there, was a, there was a chap who actually has been knighted for his services to the legal industry. I think the only individual to have achieved that. Um, his name's Sir Nigel Knowles. Um, he was the managing partner of DLA Piper, which was the international law firm that I was a partner of in the early 2000s. And he had an incredible vision for what that business was going to do. Um, and I remember just thinking, and he was, he was so focused on delivery of that ambition that... Um, after I left, I knew as I was leaving that that firm was going to go on to global superstardom, and it and it did under Nigel's leadership. Um, and so I looked to Nigel as a as a leader only because really he he was the first kind of individual I came across in my own career that had that level of insight and ambition to deliver on an outrageously uh, ambitious growth plan and executed it very well. Interesting. Well, well, we'll we'll put some links to that in the in the resources page so we, so that everyone can find out a bit more. Um, Craig, what's been one of the most difficult to achieve but gratifying milestones in your career? Would you say? Oh, that's apart a tough from, question. Apart from getting interviewed in this podcast. Um, the most difficult to achieve. Um, 
I think actually persuading people to lift their heads away from the day-to-day grind of just trying to make a business successful and to take a step back uh, from that and spend time planning uh, for three, four, five years ahead. So we we did that for the for the first time. We used to kind of plan the business on an annual basis, and I kind of looked around and I could see many other businesses planning in three or five year cycles. And of course, five years is the is the classic cycle. Um, and for for lawyers um, looking five years ahead on anything carries with it significant risk, and Lawyers are not risk takers as a breed, uh, nor should they be, because they effectively are advising clients on a daily basis on on protecting downside risk. And so um, that was very challenging. Back in 2015, persuading a group of back then 30 to 35 partners that actually we should set a vision to grow the business from back then 13, 14 million pounds turnover to a 30 million pounds turnover was a massive challenge. And so I guess the gratification comes from uh, five years later when we have delivered that. So I would say that in itself is standing out in my in my mind as something that was certainly back then an almost impossible plan and dream for the business um, and delivering on that just in the last year has been uh, yeah very very satisfied with that absolutely and you should you should rightly be so proud of that and and Craig I know you and I have our are, are friends outside of um kind of ignore that I know you and I are our friends Craig and it's something I've always admired is that ambitious target and and you know you've You've joined as the chair of the advisory board of Social Good Connect, as well as as well as Thornton's, are a client, and so you know you're always encouraging us to look at that um, ambitious, um, audacious goal and 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 look to the stars really. So um, so I completely understand the value in doing that, and you know Thornton's play an active role in the communities that they serve and you yourself hold a number of volunteering roles just tell us a bit about those and what's what's the surprising thing you've learned about about that um i think uh, so so i've been involved in a, a number of things I've, I've been involved in the in the chamber of commerce um i was involved in the fundraising board for the new vna museum in dundee um uh, i've been involved as uh, a, a chair of the development of Scotland's young workforce. Um, and in all of these, I, I, I've learned that actually giving just a wee bit of your own uh, time and expertise to something out with your own organisation um, and, and expertise that's been developed over 20, 25 years, just giving a wee bit of that can make a huge difference to um, other organisations. And so, and, and what I've, I've learned is that actually the, 
the gratification and satisfaction you get from giving that that advice and expertise and guidance and time to others, um, what it does for your own well-being and, and mental health. And I think this is at the core, Caroline, of, of what Social Good Connect is, is all about and why it is it, it's such a fantastic thing that um, the employers and, and employees that are signing up to Social Good Connect um, don't actually, if they've never volunteered before now, don't really know what rewards lie ahead for them and for their mental well-being, but I can guarantee that the, the rewards are plentiful. And that that's, that's just it. You know, Craig, if I could bottle that feeling that you get from, from helping others and, you know, people think they know, oh, yeah, you know, that that'd be great to do something or I should do something, but actually it's kind of feel selfish in a way because you get you get all the gratification don't you and how it makes you feel um so how yeah. do you encourage that within within Thorntons how do you encourage that ethos of playing an active role in, in the communities outside of perhaps you know social good connect what other things do people get involved in well it's been um it hasn't really been terribly difficult over the years to encourage people in Thorntons to to uh, volunteer, we, we've been involved in um, in the Career Ready Project, for example, for a number of years. Um, we frequently get involved in uh, local community clubs, uh, events. You know, we support locally, we support nationally. Um, so, I, actually, encouraging people to to do that hasn't been terribly difficult. What, what Social Good Connect is, is enabling us to do is to bring some structure to that. Um, and also what's enabling us to do as an employer is to give lots of choice to our employees. So there's no obligation on anyone to volunteer. But what we are doing is saying, look, here is a platform here that's got loads of choice on it as to what you might do. And it's not just about turning up and digging a garden or painting a fence, actually, because lots of people don't want to do that or they don't have the time. What, um, what it does is it allows people to enter into the platform the things that interest them. And, of course, the platform will match them to oppor or volunteering opportunities. And, Caroline, as we've spoken about over the, the last couple of years, that doesn't seem to exist anywhere else. Uh, which is why you started uh, Social Good Connect. And so um, in terms of encouraging people to get involved, I, I have been communicating on a fairly regular basis to our staff about Social Good Connect. Get yourselves involved, get on the platform and make time, uh, if you can, to, to volunteer and openly encouraging our, our staff to do that. And those that have uh, ha have. Uh, got involved as you know have had very enriching and rewarding experiences absolutely absolutely no and and you know um it's it's it just really helps I think ideas about how to embed this and how to get people engaged and that you know it's a real individual choice isn't it and uh, mm -hmm. that encouragement to just try it and reap those well-being benefits is, is really important but Craig, thanks for everything that, that, that you do and uh, you've got an exciting future ahead tell us about that you mentioned um, the first female 
managing partner at Thorntons, which is super exciting. Yeah, so I stepped down in a couple of months after the the, the ten years, and um, I I made that decision last year with a mixture of trepidation and excitement. Uh, as you know personally, Caroline is one of my close friends. Um, we've been involved in this dialogue about uh, about what what's next for me um, for the next few years. So I'm looking forward to a variety of of things in the future. Um, I'm going to be working with a, a long-time friend of mine, uh, been a friend for 30 years in uh, one particular uh, venture. Um, I'm in uh, discussions uh, just now with a couple of other small, ambitious uh, companies that are looking to grow. One of them is looking to go global um, and they've asked me to uh, think about coming on board and helping them move to their next uh, the next stage um, that's really exciting for me um, I will still have a relationship with Thorntons I am um, uh, I'm, I'm starting to wind down my time commitment to Thorntons um, in the summer um, and it's likely that I'll have some sort of connection uh, with with the business um, over the next few years. But you know, my my uh, uh, excitement is all around the opportunity that I've got to go and uh, work with other businesses and other industries to to help them in their uh, in their growth ambitions. Yeah, it's brilliant and wish you the absolute best of luck with all of it. I'm I'm sure that this is this is your time to go and enjoy all the all the other things in life that you want to enjoy. And I also hear there is a pitter patter of four feet coming to you very soon. Day after tomorrow, we uh, have a wee puppy arriving um, in the Nickel household, and I am uh, genuinely excited about that. I suspect if you come and speak to me next week, Caroline, uh, my enthusiasm might have been tempered somewhat, <laughs> as, as loads of my friends are telling me, but um, no, we'll get a, a, a new puppy in a couple of days' time, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And our, and our colleague and friend, Danny Campbell, you heard it here first, said that you've made a commitment to... Um, toilet train that puppy in seven days is, is that is that the challenge that's been set um that's how danny has interpreted that <laughs> um <clears throat> whether or not what what he's taken from me taking a week off next week on holiday to ease the puppy into the family he he's changed that into a commitment by me to toilet train the puppy in seven days but uh yeah danny uh, uh, is having a bit of a laugh about my um, my commitment to what, how I'm going to toilet train the puppy, and we'll see how all that we'll see how all that um, pans out over the next few weeks and months. Well, based on based on what you've achieved in your in your big hairy goals, I'm sure seven days you can smash it, Craig. Uh, listen, thanks, thanks so much. Lovely. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, and thanks for everything that 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 you do, and absolutely wish you every success in the future. Thanks, Caroline pleasure has been all mine today. Thank you.